Welcome back. Because of time constraints, I have to limit the amount of time each episode is. So when I get a great episode like this one, I have to put it into two parts. So please enjoy the second part. Thank you. You know, that's that's one thing that... Uh, one thing that I told her was... Uh, we were just having a conversation about uh, other people's beliefs. And uh, somebody else believing in aliens. But what I told her was... In 1950, uh, when somebody had a story about aliens... They were outcasted in Oma. They they're crazy and this and mm-hmm. that. And but nowadays the government's even putting out stuff on aliens. Well, I and I will tell you a story. Uh, my mom, my mom was a very interesting woman. She worked for probation. She okay. worked. Uh, she always worked with the courts or with, uh, like she worked for the FBI. Yeah. She was a G four um, transcriber. Is all she did. Yeah. She typed. Um, but. She had a friend that was with the CIA, and they got on the conversation because my mom was very religious and everything, and they got on a conversation about the whole alien thing, and he said, if you only knew half of what this government knew, yeah, you would it would start hysteria. Yeah. So, um, which he never would say things to her, but he pretty much gave her the, the thought that, you know, he knows some stuff that's going on. And so there's there's this thing out there that people are stupid. The person is smart, but people are stupid. Yes. When you have any type of information, let's say the CIA, like you said, the CIA, right? So the CIA monitors outside of the United States, and they get intel on Al-Qaeda and all these other terrorists and stuff like that the amount of information they're getting about what they're trying to do the united states yeah would probably cause mass hysteria to people so that's probably why it's filtered but i don't i i can i don't understand why they keep people in the dark for so long when they know it's gonna have to come out anyways yes well you gotta give people you know a chance to you know figure things out it's just like oh, yeah, it's yeah. just like you know talking about her you know she's on this thing that the apocalypse is coming mm-hmm. and so she's like buying up food yeah and things like that and she's like not worrying about other stuff that's going on like fixing her van oh, and things like yeah, that she's yeah. more worried about buying buckets and to put food in and it's like that's her whole drive yeah and it's like that's going a little to me that's going a little bit I, I believe things are going to get tough yeah but I don't believe that it needs to go that way. No. You, know, you, you still need to be able to, you know, fix your van, get it smogged and registered and everything like that. And she's not. She's just focusing on just taking as much food as she can. Yeah. But then won't have a place to put it. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. But, she did talk about having a storage, but she talked about, too, about moving. So I don't yeah. know how she she's going to She keeps talking about either moving to Texas or she's, she keeps talking about she's bought land. But she did this over the internet, and I don't know how much I trust that. Because, you know, there's scammers out there. There's a lot of scammers lately. And, you know, but then she talks about going to Idaho, and she has a brother that she somewhat gets along with. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that, and I keep telling her, I think that's where she needs to go, because not that she needs to live with him, even if she still lives in, in her van. The having mental support. Yeah. You know, somebody, like, you know, I'll go out there and I'll PS with her for a while, but... 
you know, I could only handle so much of it. But that's, you know, to have family, that's one of the reasons, like I said, I wanted to either move to Texas or to Tennessee because I have family in other states, and I, I'm done with California. I nothing really here for me anymore. Mm-hmm. And the cost of living is so, you know. Outrageous. Outrageous. It's outrageous. It's like I just had to pay, I had to take my car payment to pay my tags because my tags, you know, on a 2017 Honda are 400 and uh, some odd dollars. I, oh. I ended up spending like $488. But then, like, my brother talks about registering his uh, truck, and he has a truck that he tows with, and he's paying $40 a, a year. Oh, in, for, for in Tennessee. In Tennessee. Yeah. It's like, yeah, the cost of living is cheaper, too, and I wouldn't make as much money, but California just digs at everybody. For every dime and nickel oh they can God. get out of you, it's just like the gas. I and I've uh, you know, there's a I'll rant about this. You know, we pay the highest in gas, and we put products in our gas to burn up faster mm-hmm. because of the environment, the you know, the smog. And my brother's like, yeah, you know, I can fill up my truck and I can run circles around your little Honda, you know, and I don't have to smog my my truck. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, that's not really fair. No. No. So, <laughs> a lot but, of people are done with California, and yeah. there's a uh, exodus. Yeah. Um, I hear a lot of people going to Tennessee, yeah. uh, Texas, uh, Oklahoma. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, I wonder. Yeah, we're trading the this lifestyle where we're avoiding the the political side, and then making us spend all this money. But if you go to like Oklahoma and you go to a certain spot, there's like tornadoes and yeah. different stuff like that. Well, and that's one of the places I was going to go to just to go visit. Yeah, a friend of mine lives in t- uh, Tornado Valley or uh, uh, yeah, Tornado Alley. Alley. Yeah, yes, in Oklahoma. But then she was telling me she goes, well, she talked to one of the RV spots out there, and they're like two forty something a month. And that's including utilities and, and hookups and all that. That's thing. everything? That's everything, except for if you want cable, then that's an extra, you know, $60 a month. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you know, but I can't tow a fifth wheel with a 2017 no, Honda Civic. <laughs> no, you can't. So, and then I was like, you know, that's one of the things that um, I was like, like even talking to some people. Um, my dad, when he passed away, um, he owned computer shares. Okay. And, well, there's eight kids. Mm-hmm. Well, to try to split up that, there's only like $14,000 there. But, you know, it's like I was talking to some of my siblings. Not all of them would, you know, would be counted on that because they don't even have his last name. That he was he was out playing around a lot. Yeah. And there's probably eight-plus kids out there. But um, I was talking to the siblings that would be considered in the uh, inheritance. Yeah. And they're like, you know, we don't want it, but we know you can't have it all. But what if we bought a truck as a family so you could tow that fifth wheel around? That would be awesome. And I'm like, you know, the only one that isn't on board with it is the brother that lives in Tennessee. Uh, I think he's, you know, wanting his share. But, uh, you know, that's what we're looking at trying to do is we're working on this, trying to get the because my dad didn't write a will. So it's just out. Limbo. So it's just out in limbo, and I'm trying to prove I'm, I'm named after him. I'm actually the third. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to get the paperwork, you know, going through right now, which you know I'm I don't have the education to really go through this, but I'm having trying to have a friend of mine who's a correctional officer 
here in California, him and his wife trying to get them to help me see if we can get me a truck, at least, you know, as a family vehicle, you know, that I can leave California and, you know, travel where I feel like I feel comfortable at. Yeah. Where I have uh, some emotional support. Yeah. So, because being out here right now, I do have a sibling that lives in Tulare. She's works a lot and when she comes home she's very religious and so she goes to work she comes home and she wants to, you know it's all about the going to church and reading the bible and all that and so and i, I mean i have my beliefs too and, and but i she's what you would call a really holy roller mm-hmm. so and then of course the sister that lives in clovis now she's not talking to me again so it's like i don't really have anybody here besides the husband and wife friend that i have mm-hmm. so it's like you know it's Time to move and get out of here. And you really did, you talked about it a little bit earlier, about uh, family support. Yeah. And I I see this time and time again with people over and over again. And that's why I asked about their experiences. Mm -hmm. Because when people don't grow up with their family members, they just are either out on the street, that's that's all they know. Um, they, They grow up mentally ill. Yeah. I'm not saying that I feel like I have a grasp on things. I'm, I'm not, I do have my issues sometimes. There's, I was only raised with my sister, like I was saying earlier, the one that's 15 years older than me, my brother that lives in Tennessee, the sister in Tulare. I have other siblings that I never was raised with them. Matter of fact, my dad's first two uh, kids by his first wife, they're quite a bit older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, uh, my the firstborn, David, he lives down south, multi-millionaire. And I never knew him until I was 31, 32 years old. Yeah. And he found out I was on disability and that I, you know, wasn't working and he pretty much walked away. And <sighs> then I have a sister, or I have the second child is a daughter my dad had. Uh, she lives in Texas. I got to meet her, and we didn't. We got to talk him, but we we never stayed in contact. Mm, mm-hmm. And that was uh, right before my dad passed away. And uh, then his third born, he lives in Texas. He's a retired uh, Air Force. And I talked to him. I have him on Facebook. I just, it's like, how you doing? You know, we don't talk about small talk. You know what's going on in my life. He doesn't really talk. Well, he's in government now, so he. He can't really talk about what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So it's like we don't really, he doesn't know my situation. Yeah. So and I I have a problem going and asking for help to a brother that, you know, I don't know that well. From anybody. Well, from anybody. Yeah. Um, but especially like, you know, in that situation. Yeah. Like my brother that lives down in Redondo Beach, the multi-millionaire, you know, he's, I wouldn't even ask him even if he asked, I yeah. think, if I needed anything because just his attitude. So, you know, and that's one thing too is I I used to have that mentality yeah. where I'd look at people and like wonder why are you on disability? Yeah, I mean, can't you go get a job somewhere, yeah. do something? Oh, I have another brother, the brother there, from Tennessee. Asked right? me that all the time. He goes, "Paul, you can't do something." I'm like, seriously. I mean, like the correctional officer friend of mine. He used to be a truck driver for. Uh, uh, police officer and uh he goes paul couldn't you drive even driving just like driving from clovis to visaya my hands would start hurting really bad my hip i mean 
it was unbelievable how yeah. much pain I was in. And uh, so I told him, I said, he goes, well, they make the you know trucks so comfortable now to drive, but I'm like, I don't think I could do it. Yeah. And then with my education, I'm, I could read. I just, I'm not a good speller. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, you know, never have been in that. I mean, and I found out later on, even though successful as my dad was, he had a hard time with spelling. So my mom was like a human dictionary. That woman, like I said, she was amazing. Mm-hmm. She, uh, she typed 142 words a minute on a typewriter. She used to break her typewriters all the time. She typed so <laughs> damn fast. But uh, matter of fact, she, when she went to work for probation in 86, they changed over to computers. Yeah. The um, maintenance guys, every two months, they'd come in, grab her keyboard off her computer, throw it in the trash, and put a new one on. Yeah. Because she was that fast that, you know, she was tearing up her keyboards. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, I found out my dad, my dad had a problem with spelling, and so I guess that I got that from him. <sighs> so, it's yeah. like, but it's like every time, I, again, you know, I, I'm going to be a laborer, and I just, I can't do that physical work. No. I mean, no. like I said, I enjoy mowing lawns and taking care of my uh, a buddy of mine said, well, why don't you buy a truck and, you know, get, you got a lawnmower, you know, go out and start hitting the streets. My sister's little lawn, even as big as house as she had, she had a small lawn. It'd still take me a couple hours to mow the front yard. And if it, you're going to try to do that as an income, yeah. yeah, you need to be in and out like yeah. that. And it, I mean, it was like, you know, she loved the way I did her yard, but she's like, yeah, you can't, you can't make money doing that. No. So at least not, you know, and if disability finds out you're doing that kind of stuff, they're going to be like, you know, hey, you know, go out and get a job then. Yeah. So, but it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like caught in a, you know, in a catch 22 because it's like anything I try to do, it's just like right now I'm going through a really hard time because I'm trying to, because that whole move down here and everything and, and, you know, run, trying to run gas at almost $6 a gallon. <sighs> Just to run those fans so I can at least try to be somewhat cool. I went out and I um, got the battery, a backup battery. So I run the generator to charge that. So then at least at nighttime I can run it all night long. So now I got another payment to Amazon now. So it's for like that. for that. Yeah. So that was over five hundred dollars. I'm like you know, so I, like I said, I I had to choose. Last month I made my car payment. And it was like, I was late on that, but I didn't get a late fee, though. Um, I got finally paid in time. But then, now this month, I had the choice. Do I make my car payment? Do I pay the registration? So I picked the registration because I don't want to be harassed by the cops about, you know, driving around on, our tags are not up to date. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, riding around month of July, which my tag uh, month says July, they're, they're not going to mess with me. But now in After August, July, yeah. they're going to be like, hey, you know, your tags are out of date. So it's like, you know, I had to pick and choose and it's like, I keep feeling like I'm like I paid my credit card because I was like, I could just pay my credit card off. I can at least buy fuel for the car and fuel for the generator and and get by that way. And then the next month, you know, maybe I can find a way of coming up with the car payment. And then by next month, I'll be, you know, I, I can make my car payment and just keep living on that credit card. Paid my credit card, but it's like now I'm maxed out my credit card and I'm only in what the fourth or fifth. Yeah. So now yeah, I'm like really early in the month. Yeah. So now my car payments due or my credit card is paid or is due in on the twelfth and then my car payments due on the twenty first. So it's like, oh no, now where do I do? And you only get your disability once a month. Yeah. yeah. So I've already, you know, blew the, the disability. Yeah. By paying off my credit card on the first because as soon as the first comes in I I put, you know, I went and paid my tags and then I went and, you know, paid my credit card 
at least uh, the majority of it. I I owed like an extra $78 on it, but I was like, I don't have it. So I'll do that, and at least I can have gas for my car and gas for the generator. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Do you... Uh, and you know, you not being able to like access internet or read about the po- uh, the programs that they have for homeless people. That's well, do you, do you get any of that? You know what? I don't. I mean, I can. I, like I said, I you know, I have my cell phone, which uh, I've I've got T-Mobile, and they they have a program for me okay. because of, I'm low income and everything. Yeah. And because of my disability, I I qualified, so my bill's only twenty dollars a month. Of course, the internet's not that great. It's pretty slow at that point. And you so, only get so much data. Yeah, I only get so much data before it creeps. Well, then a lot of times, because of this heat, I'll go start up my car, take my cat, because, you know, the trailer's 109 degrees, 115 degrees inside. I got the little thermostat thing up on the wall, and my cat's sitting there looking like he's about to go into a heat stroke. Yeah. So I load him up in the car, and I go up front to... Uh, Best Buy and get on their Wi-Fi, their uh, guest Wi-Fi, yeah. and then I read things and do things like that. And but that's killing me because I didn't realize the car cost so much just to let it idle. So just so we can run the air conditioner to try to be somewhat cool. That's where, like I said, I feel bad for uh, for her because you know I don't think her van has AC. No. So no. she's sitting there underneath a tree trying to get some breeze. So. I, like I said, I, in that aspect, I, I think she's, I'm so much better off than she is because at least I got the trailer, but then the trailer holds so much heat, so it's like, it's a push-pull kind of thing. That but, and you have more responsibility now. Yeah, well, just like that, I have to get water. How do I get water? I fill up the septic tanks and the gray water and stuff. I mean, gray water I can throw out because it's just soap, you know, water that I used in the shower or whatever that goes down the drain, but the black water... Yeah, I'm right now. I'm pretty much full, and I'm thinking, I can't, I don't have a truck to go take it to a dump station. I can't ask one of these truckers. Thank God, one of the truckers uh, moved me from where I was at originally down to this spot. Um, but I can't ask him to drag me to go dump the black water because no. one, I, w- I won't be able to hook up to his trailer light, so I won't have lights on the trailer. And if he gets in trouble, that's his license. That's his license. his yeah. career. So what do I do with black water? The only thing I can do is call a septic people to come out and. But that's expensive. That's expensive. Well, I'm already don't know where I'm going to come up with my car payment, so I was like. <laughs> so I had a friend of mine because I I I used to get on TikTok and make TikTok videos, and I met a lot of good people, and it helped me mentally and emotionally, yeah. especially through my divorce. And I had a friend that she told me she goes, Paul, why don't you make some videos and see if you know some people can help you, you know. If there's somebody in the area that could maybe come get the trailer and take it to go dump the the waste, or you know maybe they can send you a few bucks to pay for the you know septic people to come out and drain the tank. I just I have a hard time asking. Not yes, you I do. have a hard time. You know, I haven't been on TikTok in three months because of all this going on. Yeah. I just I'm so mentally drained and don't I don't want to be fake and like get on there and act like nothing's wrong, but then I don't want to tell everybody my problems either. No. It's not like you asked me earlier if I've been, you know, about the police officers around here. Up until, oh, I would say three weeks ago, police officers knew we were here. Matter of fact, there's a couple of them that would park behind Target and just sit there, you know, like doing their paperwork or talking on the phone, whatever. Never bothering us. 
Then there's old man pulled up with two brand new pickup trucks with junky trailers and he brought another Isuzu uh, with pulling the trailer and, and got everybody's attention. Yeah. And now the cops are harassing us. Uh, so, she, she talked about that. Yeah. This guy, he's got a bunch of cars and a bunch of trailers yeah. and just junk on top of it everything. Is. Yeah. And of course, if he wants something out of that trailer, he has to take the trailer apart to get that one thing out. And so he's got trash laying all over the place. He was doing it in the parking lot. Yeah. And that's when people started complaining. Yeah. So he finally got into another place... But by that time, we were on the radar. So now the cops are coming, and they that's they the one officer came up uh, from um, the police department, um, the HOPE program. And he was like, has anybody talked to you about, you know, what programs are out there? And I was like, as far as I know, there's nobody, you know, there's no programs out there for me because I've, I've, my disability, you know, and stuff like that, they all know my situation. And he's like, well, I, there's an officer uh, that um, runs the HOPE program uh, for mental health. And I said, I'm, I don't feel like I need mental health. And he goes, no, but he knows programs that he can help you with. Yeah. So the guy did come. He took all my information down, but then told me, well, the officers over here at the substation don't really want to see these trailers sitting here. And so you're going to have to move it. And I was like, well, but I have nowhere to move it to. I have no way to move it. I can talk a trucker into, you know, because of the same hitch that's on, you know, my, yeah. my fifth wheel fits into their uh, coupler so they can at least drag it, you know, so many feet. I said, I, that's all I can do. And he's like, well, you're going to end up running out of time where they're going to force you out of here. So it's like, well, then where do I go? You know, because I can't pull with a, you know, a little Honda Civic. So it's like, you know. I told him, I said, at this point, I'm just going to keep moving it back and forth on the street on the same little stretch road where I feel comfortable that, you know, we finally got some people that pulled up in, in the parking lot over here that are, you can tell they're on drugs. Are they? And they're slamming doors all hours of the day, yeah. night, screaming at each other. I mean, I'm pretty sure you heard that earlier where they were, some girl was screaming. So, no. Yeah. He gets physical, they get high, and then he gets physical on her. So it's like, you know, that's what I was trying to avoid. And I thought, okay, I could park it here. You know, um, what's her name being behind me? Well, she was in the parking lot over there for a while and they kicked her out of there. So, you know, I think she feels safe being by me because I'm a man mm -hmm. that I'll look after, which I do. I, I do try to keep an eye on her. So it's like, you know, we, we don't bother anybody. Mm. We don't cause a lot of trash around here. Or and whatever. that's the main thing, too, yeah. is the homeless causing trash is what's p pissing people off. Yeah. Well, that's why this Target is spending a bunch of money cleaning up their, you know, the homeless that have been sleeping in their bushes, leaving trash, needles, and everything else. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we don't do that. She and I, you know, the most we, you know, do is throw down a cigarette butt. Well, I sweep them up and throw them in the trash. Yeah. So we don't have any trash around here. Matter of fact, she just... Um, Two days ago, police officer showed up. Somebody had called and said that the lady in the red van has trash all around her van. And the officers could see there's nothing, no trash. No, nothing around. So it's like, you know, he, he had to make contact. But, you know, now she feels like we're being harassed. Yeah. And to a point, we kind of are right now. Yeah. So <sighs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. But bad choices in life and... Some that I could control and some that I couldn't, but... You, you would think... Well, I know that if you talk to, like, a, a church, 
they usually like to reach out to their uh, the people that go to that yeah, church. Yeah, the congregation. And, yeah. The church. And see if there'll be anybody that has spent a couple hours to do different things and take you or help you out, whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that comes at a price, though. Well, see, that's the thing. I used to go to the church, if I say, at First Assembly of God over yeah, there off of Acres in, in Caldwell. Caldwell. yeah. My sister still goes there. Yeah. Um, that was before I moved up to Clovis with my other sister, but... I talked to my sister, the one that goes there, and I was like, well, do you think you could talk to the pastor and things? Because I, I haven't been back yet. And I was like, at that point now, I'm kind of like, it's not wavering my faith, but towards that church, I'm kind of, you know, looking at it as, you know. Are, is she talking to him? I don't know. Oh, yeah. she, she said, well, I tried to talk to Pastor Mike, or I tried to talk to Pastor John. And I'm like, but, you know, it's like, nobody's helping yeah or nobody's you know at least coming and talking to me yeah so i don't know i don't know if my sister's just not really talking to the right people or if she's talking at all because at one point she sat there and said well maybe god wants you to live on the street and at that point i'm like okay that's not helping me and you're my one you're my family but now you're you know you're giving in my eyes god a black eye yeah because you're making it sound like you know oh this is what god wants me to live on the street Living together. I understand that when people go through conflicts and they, it's the way they get through the conflicts that builds their character. Yes. And, or exposes their character. But telling people that maybe God, this, this is what God wants is yeah. not. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I was floored when she told me that. And at that point I'm like, you know, I, there again, it's just like I say about people with, because I have several friends that don't believe in God and or don't understand a lot of things, and they're like, you know, and I said, if you look at the church, the people of the church, we're all flawed. We're flawed as humans. Yeah. So you can't, if, if you look at Christianity or of, of God with looking at the people, you've already fallen. Yeah. You can't look at that. And that's what I look at it as, you know, my problem, I do kind of have a problem with the church. If my sister's talking to them and not coming in to at least talk to me, Especially since Pastor John knows me very well. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe he's waiting for me to show up over there. So, but then I feel like, you know, if, if that's what you have to do, you know, because when I was going to church there and I was going through my divorce, he was like, you know, I was telling him I was only getting $300 a month. I needed to find a place to move to. He wasn't offering any help at that point. And I was going to church there. Yeah. So it's like, you know, so that's why I haven't really went. I guess it's frustration. Yeah. But a yeah. lot of it's a frustration in my own life. So it's like, I, like I said, I don't feel like I'm, it's mentally draining. My, my pain, my everyday pain is mentally draining. But I can't let it get me. Mm-hmm. I can't let me take, take me down a dark road. I fight that dark road all the time. But... I try to avoid that dark road. Yeah. So. <coughs> yeah. Because, you know, it's like up until this situation I'm in right now, that I was living with my ex-wife and her daughter and everything, it was bad. But it was like, now I feel like I've lost it all. Because I'm trying to sell stuff out of my storage to come up with my car payment. I'm, you know. Which, it's all materialistic stuff that I don't feel like I'm going to have a place to put that stuff anyways. Yeah. So, why not get rid of it? 
But then I put it on uh, Marketplace on Facebook, and I'm not even getting a call. Well, I got a call on a pair of leather jacket, riding le- jackets that I had from a scammer who was trying to get me to send him the jackets, and then he would send me <laughs> money through an amp. I'm like, yeah, that's a you know, it's a, a meetup with cash in hand or no deal at all. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm not getting any bites on it. So I'm like trying to figure out how I can come up with this money, and it's like I'm losing it. I'm losing all this stuff. And I don't want to lose my car because then how am I going to get anywhere? Get get to the grocery store or get to doctor appointments or, you know. Yeah, to do what you need to do. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's definitely, you know, making me grow as uh, the way I think about things. Mm-hmm. So, because, I mean, being stuck in this trailer, it's like. Now, I know that... Um people like the missions mm-hmm. uh, and these different charity groups they try to help out a lot and I know it's hard for you to ask for help but, <coughs> well um, on that part they don't like going in because I looked at going to a homeless shelter my cats I, I have more than one cat they're kind of my therapy yeah. matter of fact the reason why I only have this one right now is because I could not leave my sister's house and come into this trailer without my cat at least him. He's if he's not sleeping next to me, I can't sleep. Yeah. So I have four cats, and it's like you know, they don't want you can't have animals, and yeah. it's like you know, I don't I can't give up my cats. If I give up my cats, then what am I here for? What am I still taking a breath for? Yeah. So I you know that's why I choose to just stay here, and try to figure this out. That's why I'm hoping that this money thing does come through that I can get you know as the family can buy a truck. You know, and put it in our, you know, the family name, that I can at least, you know, move out of state. Maybe, like the place in Oklahoma, two hundred and something dollars a month. I don't know what my income would drop down to, but right now buying a truck is horrible because even the old, like yeah. used trucks, yeah, they're so like sought after. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at a '96 Ford F two fifty, thinking, okay, that's old. You know, but as long as it runs, it'll still pull. Yeah. Because I need something heavy duty, a, a 150 or a, oh, a 1500, not going to cut it. Yeah. So, but they still want, you know, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 for it. It's like, that's a piece of junk at that point. Yeah. Paint's faded off. I mean, but I don't really care for the looks. I just, I need something that's going to get me to whatever, wherever I go. Yeah. And not break down. Yeah. And not break down is the key. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's just like, at that point, I mean, if it wasn't for the family saying, let's get a truck for you, because, you know, that's the only way I would be able to move this trailer. Yeah. So, either that or just let the trailer go and, you know, pack my, what little stuff I could into the car, and then, you know, me and my cat, or four cats, will live in a car. So, that's a pretty small little Honda. <laughs> and you think you have problems now? Yeah. Try sleeping in that car. Yeah, well, just sitting out in front of Best Buy. I when I get out of the, out of the car after going leave a Best Buy to come back home, I can barely even move. Yeah, just sitting in that seat, and those seats are really really comfortable. Yeah, but it's still that all that sitting just kills me. Mm-hmm. So it's like I can only think imagine just living in it. So that's why you know, like I said, I kind of feel like I'm better off than like well, even like these people across the way. Because they are sleeping in that little Honda, 
or like you know Charlotte in the van, but I have a whole new you know I can only open the windows and leave the windows open so much to get it cool. I mean, uh, there was weeks that this thing wouldn't go underneath uh, ninety seven degrees even at night, even at nighttime. No. so that's why I'm sleeping out here. I I have a little thing and I have the fan right there and I hook it up to that battery and I just try to blow as much air on me and I I sleep for like six seven hours at best. Yeah. And broken up at that point. Yeah. Because I'll, I'll wake up sweating to death, and they'll roll over and you know try to find a cool spot or whatever, and or I'll get up and jump in the shower real quick, and you know, and even at that point, I could get drove for the water that I'm consuming that you're using. Because that's what that little blue bucket for. I go over there and get some water out of the spigot, put it in the tank. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I gotta do what I have to do, so somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So and try not to lose my mind in the process. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the the thing is is trying to just go, okay, there's reason for everything. You know, I I'm learning. It's making me stronger mentally. Emotionally. Emotionally. Yeah. Because that's a, a lot of it, the mental and the emotion. Yeah. You know, because like I was telling my brother, I said, you know, a lot of people couldn't do this. No. Like, I think of what Charlotte goes through. I, I, I don't think I could do it. Yeah, she's been on the street for seven years. Yeah, seven years. No. So, she talks a lot of her past and talks a lot of her, you know, the way she was raised. Her mother wasn't very good to her either. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's like, and I, that's why it doesn't really, I don't judge her for, talking about aliens or talking about Bigfoot or whatever. Cause like, hey, if it helps her stay sane. Yeah. And, you know, that's questionable sometimes. But, you know, I think we're all like that. She just gets distracted. Yeah. And I think that's that's helping her do the distraction. <laughs> yeah, I do too. So, not as bad as her. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think that there are aliens out there? I go back and forth. Yeah. I do. I go back and forth because, like, I, my, that story about my mom's friend with the CIA. I've, I've seen things. But then I have also know that the military has got things that we couldn't imagine. Yeah. So it's like, you know. What have you seen? Like, I was over at my aunt's house one time, and this aircraft flew over her backyard. And it was a weird shape. I couldn't tell you what the shape was because I was underneath this big tree. And it, like, slowed down. And like almost hovered, and like was barely moving. All of a sudden, it disappeared. Did did it have any sound? Barely, like a whooshy, uh, like a almost like you could just hear air moving. Uh-huh. But it wasn't like loud. It wasn't obnoxious or anything like that. It was like barely a a swish sound. Mm-hmm. So. But then I was out at the Visay Airport one time, and I was talking to one of the guys out there. They had the airplane over there that could almost do that same thing. And they they said they fly. It's got a big round like camera on the bottom that they can fly around and they can feel like heat spots and stuff like that, like where people are growing marijuana or whatever, yeah. using so much power and stuff yeah. like that. So I don't know if that was it. But then I've also been out by Lemoore, like I was 
going to Kalinga one time, and I went through by Lamore, and there was an aircraft that came to the uh, naval base out there that I, it was the worst shape looking airplane I've ever seen, and I was born and raised around airplanes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, you know, I know what the military has yeah. that I that is known to the public, so it's like, well, that's kind of weird. The aliens aren't going to go to Lamore to go hang out. No, that I know of. So, but it's like, so I don't know. I, I go back and forth. It's like, you know, because I do have belief, but I mean, God says there's only one, you know, the the earth and everything and the people here. But how do we know? You know, really, until we take our last, last breath, we're not going to know all these answers. Yeah. Whether there is a God or isn't a God or aliens above us or... <laughs> Inner dimensional beings or... Yeah. Yeah. So, that's that's kind of how I cope with it. It's like when she talks to me, I, I just tell her, I go by how I feel. Mm-hmm. And right now, I feel like we're not going to know all the answers until we're passed on. Yeah. So. Do you think that the government's starting to release information because they know something is going to expose itself? or Actually, on that part, I don't... Th- think that I think the government's more worried about what's going to be exposed of themselves yeah. so of the corrupt and corruption that's going on in this world not just in the United States or not just in you know Russia or you know China mm-hmm. I think it's I think they're trying to get this one world order <laughs> and I think that they're you know they're they have a lifestyle that they want to keep with and they don't care about us just like uh, that Jones guy, that Alex uh, Jones, Alex Jones just got nailed because he said that that Sandy Hook didn't really happen. Yeah. No, I believe those shootings are happening. I believe our government knows about it and doesn't care about it because what's a child to them? Because, and I've I've heard stories about how, like the FBI, the one school shooting, the kid killed his mom and then stole their guns and went to the school and then ended up shooting himself. That the FBI or somebody, somebody in law enforcement, DOJ or somebody, was talking to him for the threats that he was making. Well, then all of a sudden he goes out and shoots up these kids. I think that the government doesn't care about the people, yeah, whether they're kids or adults. So that's just one of my beliefs. A lot of times, these guys that go on those mass shootings, they uh, have been contacted by law enforcement for some reason or another. And I believe that 100%. And if you think about that, and you think about what they did to Charles Manson, about the LSD program and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, which is warfare. Yeah, it's it's no secret anymore. They, they talk about uh, all that stuff in, mm-hmm. in public records. So it's not like I'm saying something... Cause you know, some conspiracy theory. But yeah. Yeah, you start thinking about, well, maybe it could be done to other people just to get, you know, uh, the limelight put on certain poli- right. uh, policies. Right. Well, yeah. it's just like I say, and I've, uh, I've told a lot of people, our government's trying to get the Second Amendment abolished. Oh. Well, what's going to happen if we give up our guns? We're weak. Look at uh, Australia. Look at, Look at it in history. Yeah. From mankind. It's like you, you you make the that country weak by taking, you know, their rights to defend themselves, you know, they can control you no matter what. Yeah. So that's what, you know, 
I believe in the Second Amendment. I believe that, you know, I don't believe in this whole uh, have to pay the government, you know, carrying permits. Hmm. I do believe that there needs to be regulations as far as, like, you know, checking people's backgrounds, checking their mental status. Now, as far as, like, this 10-day wait, it's like my officer friend. He went and bought his wife a gun, carrying a a Glock on his hip, concealed weapon. He's an officer. He walks into the gun shop to buy that gun and has to wait 10 days. Mm -hmm. Now, does that make a bit of sense? It doesn't make sense to me. But it's another way for the government to have control. So, especially as an officer, I just... Yeah, it doesn't... It doesn't make sense to me. No. So, but I, I do, I believe our government is trying to hide a lot of things that they don't want to be exposed. There, there are a lot of black guys from history, so, yeah. 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 But how do you learn from history? You, or, or do you remember and learn something from history? Well, see, that's the thing. I mean, everybody says, well, you have Google, just Google it. Well... Uh, you can't Google it because just like you, I can Google anything I want. That if I want to believe that this is, you know, aliens walk upon us, I can find that on the Google. Um, yeah. But what is true, you got to look back in the history books. You got to really study history. Yeah. I never thought that as a child growing up, especially when I didn't do so well in school, that history is a big part that we need to know our history. So it's like, you know, it's like, what's the definition of insanity? To do the same thing over and over again and not, you and know, expect and expect different a results. different result. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if they take our history away, we're going to keep repeating bad history. I mean, do I believe that this whole, you know, like <laughs> people saying all oh, the black people are, you know, um, are being, you know, slave to, to build the, our country? It was all, all people built this country. It was the Chi- Chinese, the Indians, the the white man, it was the black man, it was the Hispanic, the Irish. Irish has been slaved more than even the black population, (laughs) but nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about that. And they don't show it in history. Why is that? (laughs) But just like taking, you know, talking about the the play games on like Charles Manson, they learned the government, to me, I think they learned that they took the man out of the house the black men out of the house and put them in prison for whatever reason, drugs, gangs, whatever, they had control over that family. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a, now, after the 60s, now we have men and women both having to work to survive. And who's teaching the kids? Nobody. The government's teaching the kids. <laughs> and that's, like I watched a movie called uh, God's Not Dead. And it, that's what it was based out of is these parents that are trying to homeschool their kids, the government doesn't want that because they can't control. They can't, they can't control the information given to the exactly. kids. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, they try to make it a faith-based thing, but it's not really... It, it doesn't matter whether it's faith or not. The government wants control over it. It's just like, you know... Everything. You, you getting your vaccinations. You... Yeah. Well, just like that. Do you believe this COVID is real? I believe COVID is real, but I don't think that it's as bad as people would like. Do you think it's chemical warfare against us? It could possibly be a lot of things. I think it's chemical warfare against us. I think, one, it's not as bad as they make it out to be. Mm -hmm. 
I've never worn a mask. I haven't been vac- or vaccinated. Yeah. Never had it. My sister, the one that I was living with, she's vaccinated and has been sick. Every- well, I lived there from October to June 23rd, and she was sick three times with COVID. Three and separate times. Three separate times, and I was in the house. Wow. So that's why I believe it's chemical warfare. It's just like with all this, you know, now we're running out of foods and <laughs> running out. It's control because monkeypox. <laughs> well, the COVID didn't work. Let's try mon- monkeypox. Well, that's not working out. Let's go back to COVID. Now, COVID, all of a sudden, COVID's coming back. I do believe this world <laughs> naturally comes up with stuff mm-hmm. and kills us. Yes. But why weren't people throwing a fit when the flu was killing people? It kills more people than the COVID. <laughs> yeah. Or back when the smallpox and um, malaria and all those other, they didn't act like this. Yeah. Yeah. So, but all of a sudden, but here again, conspiracy theory or truth. It's, there's documents showing back in 2013 where they were, uh, Obama was talking about making swabs for the COVID test. Really? I've seen I've seen documents where they were mm-hmm. Obama was talking about. It. Then at one of his uh, speeches, he talks about there's going to be a great illness that's going to come over this world, and we better get ready for it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Trump goes into office, and boom, there's COVID. I think I think that's a chemical warfare against the people. I think they that was the way they got Trump out of office. I think that. He was going to expose a lot of things, like he kept on talking about draining the swamp. Mm. I think all these uh, child trafficking and everything, I think it's very heavily ran by people in high places. Absolutely. And that's that right there is not a conspiracy either. No, not at all. Nah, because these islands that they go to or these parties that yep. they go to either... Where whatever city they're in, yeah, they well, have it's just that. it's just like I when I first got my first computer, which wasn't that long ago, and I got on it back when you could get clear wire um, internet, and I was just playing around, and you know, I was finding on the dark web things about the Clintons and you know these properties that are coming up with that they're connected to. All of a sudden, these babies' bodies are popping up. <laughs> these children's bodies are popping up, like one in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, it was talked about that, you know, he, the Clintons, both Clintons, flew on the Lolita and, and all that. It's like, you know, that's, there, there's documents that, of all that. There's, yeah. uh, there's pictures of, the, you know, like Bill Clinton being, you know, dressed up in a, in a dress. And the Clintons, too, they're, they're an interesting couple, too, because all the people that have worked with them and have some kind of conspiracy End up dead. Yeah. yeah. Oh, committed suicide. Or, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Committed suicide by hanging themselves and yeah. shooting themselves in the chest. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a remarkable way to you know do it. Or like the guy that got robbed, but his wallet was with him and yeah. his watch and rings and everything were with him. And he's still on. But him. he got robbed. And he got robbed. So <laughs> yeah, that's why they always say you know don't talk about the Clintons because you'll end up you know hanging yourself or something you know. <laughs> But I also believe that the just like the Obamas, I think the Obamas was, um, they're a interesting couple mm. in my eyes. I just you know, 
I don't know. A lot of people are leaning towards Michelle now. They're they're putting her name out there in the political that scares me sense because they seem to think that she will be great for our kids because she concentrates concentrates a lot on okay. education. But uh, I don't believe that whatsoever, and I'll tell you the reason why. Her big thing was pushing us healthy foods for mm-hmm. the kids. I have several friends that work in the cafeteria for the school district here, Oklahoma, uh, Texas, and all of them said that the stuff that they're feeding these kids is crap, that they're not even able to waver from what she got signed into the bill. Yeah. And these kids are, you know, there's a lot of kids that are starving because they're not eating what is being put in front of them. Yeah. A lot of that food is processed and yeah. just got all kinds of well, and that's what like my preservatives. Sister, well, like my sister believes in this whole free range. I think that's a crock, because our groundwater, our ground, is contaminated. Because they talked about the stuff in the ocean, and that's a conspiracy that I don't really believe in all that well either. But I think that is it healthier to eat that chicken that's been you know free ranged, or the one that's been you know, raised on a ranch that knows it's, you know, it's made for death mm-hmm. to go on, a, on somebody's plate. I mean, to me, I think it's the same, I think it's the same chicken. Some have more, you know, because look at these kids that are maturing so much, I mean, body-wise maturing so much faster. Like I had a friend that, you know, her daughter at the age of eight started growing breasts. And we were like, what the heck is this, you know? There, uh, there's a scientist, and by God, I forgot her name, but she has been studying the sex organs of people, and like even children, like they say that a man's uh, taint is fifty percent bigger than a woman's, but because of all the <laughs> stuff that's been going on within the last fifty years, that yeah. um, it's been shrinking, and yeah. it's shrinking men's genitalia and it's shrinking uh or it's uh, causing all kinds of problems for them yeah oh i believe that 100 percent. yeah because they're trying to you know and i have a nephew that's an ag and he's uh, talks about gmo and all this stuff but i think they're modifying these animals so much to get more out of it that it's in the long run we're they're being a they're uh, injecting chickens with yes. the saline or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like I have a friend that used to own a, a meat market here in town. And she was telling me this chicken you buy in the store, when you pull it out and it's got that like slimy juice, she goes, that's, that's all chemicals you're mm-hmm. pulling that out of. And it's, you know, it's really bad for you. And yeah. she goes, she pulled out, because I don't eat chicken. I'm kind of a finicky eater. Um, she pulled out chicken and was showing my ex-wife. She goes, look at the difference between your chicken and my chicken. Smell them. Taste them. There's a difference. But does her still have chemical in it? I mean, it's because all animals are, you know, we all have chemicals in us. Yeah. That we're getting from the groundwater from, you know. Somewhere. From somewhere. Yeah. You know, these, it's just like I was talking to my sister, the one that I was living with. She was bringing up, like, butterflies. We used to have monarchs around here. And all of a sudden, we don't have monarchs like we used to. There's a lot of things that are disappearing. The bees. Bees. Yeah. Bees. Yeah. Um, hummingbirds. Or not hummingbirds. Uh, dragonflies. Mm-hmm. We used to have tons of dragonflies when I was a kid growing up. Now, we every once in a while, you'll see one. 
Yeah. And it's like, you know, do I believe it's we're killing them off or whatever? I don't know. I believe like this whole, they say, you know, it's heat waves and everything. It's all man-made and everything. I don't believe that. I believe that if you go back in history of the earth, we have, we heat up, we cool down. This is how things like the Grand Canyon was made. All these wonders of the world were made of all the times that the earth had heated up. Well, there was, you know, before mankind was walking on this earth, this earth was doing those things. They were saying that they're starting to find evidence that everywhere on earth looked like the rainforest. Yeah. Everywhere, because the CO2 levels and the temperature on earth was higher. Yeah. Like, way higher. And the CO2 was feeding all these plants, so they were overgrown everywhere. Yeah. And so, yeah, we go through these cycles. I don't... I don't... Uh, think that we're not adding to it. No, I, I, know I think, we're I think we're, of course we're adding to it. But there is a cycle of heating up and stuff like that. And then, yeah. Now, that brings the, to mind that, okay, so the Earth has a cycle. Are we going to see another cooling down, an ice age? I think we... Maybe think not in our, our, our lifetime, but maybe in a different lifetime. I think I think the Earth will cool down a lot more. I don't know about the Ice Age, but it's got to. Yeah. I did it once. Why wouldn't it do it again? I, it's actually been doing it a lot, but yeah. So it's like you know, well, like even this heat wave that we're in right now, it feels different than any. I mean, I was born and raised here in the valley. Mm-hmm. This feels different. Yeah, this feels completely different. And I don't know. You know, I was talking to my buddy that's a correction officer, and I was like, you know. I, we can't pinpoint it, but we were both talking about how it just, it kind of feels different. Like the heat is, it just feels more, like it's, like it's almost hotter than it really is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't know. Like, it's kind of funny talking about conspiracy. Since I was a kid, I remember watching, being so close to the military base there in Lamore. It seemed like when we had clouds and everything, it seemed like these airplanes would start flying. And all of a sudden we'd have rains and stuff like that. And I remember being seven, eight years old going, are these jets making the weather? Mm-hmm. And then to find out that there's a weather plantation in Alaska that the military has that they were controlling the weather. What is it? Uh, Iran or Iraq or one of those uh, countries over there mm-hmm. like to make their own weather too? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's three in the world. And I can't remember. I think it was... We had one, I think, um, one of the nations over there, or, and then there was, um, I can't remember if it was Russia or China had one, mm-hmm. or something like that, that they were testing. Yeah. I, I've seen pictures of the ones in Alaska, it's like this big, it looks bigger than a football field with all these antennas and, you know, these meters and everything, and that's what they're, you know, they said that that's what they're doing, they're trying to, you know, control the weather. Yeah. So, I mean, is this man-made? Is this whole theory? Because in some ways, I mean, another conspiracy theory, I mean, um, you listen to some people, the earth is heating up and we're, you know, the uh, just like here in the valley, we talk about, well, we're, we're depleting the water out to the ocean because the ocean is, is lowering. But then you talk to, like, people like Al Gore was talking about how the ocean's rising. So which is it? Is it rising or is it lowering? And do we need to, you know... It's like nobody comes up with the same thing. Yeah. It's just like on my belief of God and this earth and everything else. 
Science can't disprove God, but we don't see God. Well, we don't see error either. Mm-hmm. But it's like, in my belief, God doesn't want us to have the answer to say, you know, this, this, and this, this is how it's supposed to be. But scientifically, you can't do it. I think the the best mathematical teacher out there is God himself. Mm-hmm. And my belief, I mean, you know, I don't think, we're like I said earlier, I don't think we're going to know all these answers until we take our last breath. No. So th- then it falls back on if you have belief, which I believe that there's even people that are sitting in church right now aren't going to heaven. Well, there's definitely those guys. And I believe there's people that are sitting down here on the street that, you know, are talking crazy that will probably be in heaven. Yeah. So it's, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But I think this is all, I think God put men on earth. I think he put animals on earth to support life because everything has an, an eating order. Yeah. So. Do you think that people can live without having faith? I think a lot of people do live without having faith. Because, like, I have an uncle, well, I had an uncle, I had actually two uncles that were atheists, and they lived fine lives. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, my sister, she was born and raised in the same house I was. Matter of fact, she was our Sunday school teacher. Now she doesn't believe in God. She doesn't, you know, she believes in the crystals and, you know, the... Uh, she believes in something, but it's... Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. Um, but like I told her, I said, well, if you're wrong, or if you're right, what are these people that believe in God, what did it hurt them? Yeah. Oh, they didn't go out and have sexual relations with a thousand women or men or whatever. But if you're wrong, and the Bible's right, and God's right, you got a lot to lose. A lot to lose. Because just like, and I, I tell this to everybody. I watched a video one time where this guy walked out. He, was, he wasn't a preacher. He was um, a speaker uh, of, like, religion, of, you know, higher education and things like that. Yeah. And he walked out with this long rope. I don't know if anybody's ever seen this video. He walked out with this long rope, and on the end, it was like a one-inch piece of red tape around the tip of the end. And as he's walking across this big auditorium, this rope just keeps going and going and going. And he goes, our time on Earth is this red spot. And the rest is infinity. Yeah. So where you believe and how bad this earth is and how bad life is on you, on you right now, that's only a little part. Infinity keeps going. There's never going to be an end. So in a way, that's am I upgrading and bringing, you know, just like this, living, losing everything and living in a fifth wheel trailer on the backside of Target, why keep breathing? It's just in my accidents. Why did I live through these accidents? Both of them should take me out. But I even have stories from when I was a kid. Like when I was two years old, I climbed, my dad was a ham radio operator. He had a big, huge tower. Yeah. It was a 100-foot tower sitting on the side of the house. I used to climb that. Did you? Yeah. One day, my mom walked out, and I was at the top, all the way to the top of the repeater. And she went to go scream my name because, you know, she scared the hell out of her. And my dad happened to just walk up behind her and he threw his hand on her mouth and he goes, no, you call his name, he's going to let go and fall 100 feet to his death. 
So my dad got my attention. I don't re- remember how he did it, but he started talking to me. He said, okay, well, dinner's about ready. You know, like I said, being out in the country, we left in the morning time and came back at nighttime. <laughs> and it was nighttime, and so he talked me down after that tower. There was a situation where, like, I was supposed to go to work with my dad one day. And this is another going off my belief of God and, and, and everything in life itself. I was supposed to go to work with him um, on a Saturday morning. And, oh, I was so excited because, you know, for one, I was 13 years old. He used to let me drive. I've been driving things since I was two and a half years old. So when I would go to work with him, I got to drive his, his work truck around the ranch and everything like that. So I was all excited, and so I went to bed, and I woke up the next morning, and he came in and woke me up and said, okay, you know, I'm leaving in an hour. Get up. Let's go. All of a sudden, I got up. I walked into the bathroom and started puking everywhere, just sick to my stomach. I, I still remember that pit in my stomach. Just I'm like, oh, my God, this is not right. And my mom ran in, and she, she was helping me, and my, my mom went to my dad, and he said, or she told him, she goes, he's going to have to stay. He's, he's, he's sick as a dog. So my dad came in. He said, don't worry about it. He goes, I'll come uh, or we'll go uh, next weekend. You can go to work with me next weekend and have fun. So I was like, okay. He left, and I'm, I'm, I still remember this. I was 13. Finest, I'll get up. Stomach stopped hurting, stopped puking, went in, got me some water, was sitting around, and my mom goes, do you want to go have uh, some hot chocolate with me? Because she used to like to go down to A&W and, and uh, get coffee and read her newspaper. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, let's go. We get in the car and we get about a quarter of a mile away from the house going towards A&W and here's my dad walking down the street. And we pull over and we're like, what the heck's going on? He was going down the freeway right before uh, the freeway changed over there in front of Kmart. Mm-hmm. And it was, there were stoplights like Chinawith, K, uh, uh, Demery and all that. Yeah. Semi-truck was stopped at the light. My dad was looking down at his ham radio, dialing a channel, looked up. He was about to hit that back into that truck. He swerved out. There's an oncoming car, and he said, he goes, there's a family in a little Honda Civic. And he said he knew he was going to kill them all. And so he went back into the back end of that semi-truck. And the only thing that was left was where he was sitting. Where I, and when I, for some reason, like I said, I had a love-hate relationship with my dad. I always, when I would ride with him, even as an adult, um, before he passed away, I would always lean up against the door, you know, kind of thing. I was like, the further away I got from him in the car, that's how I did it. So where I was, it was just, there was nothing left. There was nothing left. I would have been, there wouldn't have been life at all out of my body at that point. And it's, you know, just like my motorcycle accidents. I, I still remember the, the 95 accident because I remember hitting too much front brake and going up and going, oh shit, this is going to hurt. And I remember hitting my head and then blacking out and waking up with the motorcycle on top of me spinning in the, the intersection. The 2000 accident, you know, like I said, I didn't know anything that, you know, really what was going on. But how I walked away from those, uh, th- those accidents and those situations. Yeah. You know, I believe that there is, you know. Something. There's, there's something. And I, 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 to me, it's God. It's, it's guardian angels. Yeah. So, I mean, my, my sister... When she was 12 years old, she fell off. My brother was towing her on a, a bike. She was on the skateboard and hit a little rock and flipped backwards onto the back of her head and went into a coma. And they said, she's hurt. They, they did that sternum rub on her chest and she wasn't bringing her arms up. And they were like, this is not looking good. She was in the coma for almost a month and she came out and 
they told her or told the family that she wouldn't be nothing but a 12 year old that she's mentally not over there she graduated high school and she's a preschool teacher nice she she has issues mm-hmm. she's a little strange <laughs> i will i will say that but how much of it was the accident and how much of it just her but like when she reads a book she has to read it several times mm-hmm. for her to comprehend what's going on so but she does it so it's you know it's and our beliefs i think is just like with me like in here you know losing everything and look like i might be losing my car and stuff it's like you know I just got to have hope and believe and keep trying to truck. Yeah. So. Ah. Uh, it's. Yeah. It's interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. So. I'd like to thank you for your story. Well, uh, this you has listening. been a great time. I know um, I bounced around a little bit. But <laughs> no, but yeah, we talked about everything, you know, yeah. we uh, dove into conspiracies and. Yeah. Did all that stuff. It's yeah. been a, a great conversation. Yeah. I'd like to thank you. Well, um, thank you. So, is there anything that you... Last words, or... Well, you know, the only thing I can say is, you know, just like, like I, thinking of my experience in life, I should have raised my hand when I needed help. I should have... I wish my parents would have pushed a little bit harder with the school district. And got my education going and because just like that physically I can't do much but if I'd have been educated I might have been able to you know do something do something at least yeah but like right now I feel like I'm stuck stuck yeah almost kind of like a wasted space and that's what I kind of feel like I'm doing in this trailer so hmm. but I gotta have hope that something will happen yeah so something good, something positive. So I'm sure it will. I know it, it in a way it showed me blood's not always thicker than water because a lot of my family has walked away from me through all this, even before this, even before, pretty much after my first accident, they started walking away. Just well, leaving not, you. Yeah, just not believing that I was in that much pain, that I was hurting. Then when I had proof, even my, even my father. He was a dabbler. And matter of fact, when after I got married, I was holding a grudge against him and his wife, and I didn't invite him to the wedding. But after I got back into contact with him, um, he was like, I, I don't understand why you have disabled plates on your car. I'm like, Dad, I'm disabled. The state recognizes I'm disabled. The doctors recognize it now. I have proof, physical proof, MRIs, X-rays, on how bad I am. Yeah, And he... It was hard for him to open his eyes and see it, but it is what it is. But the only thing I can say is I'm going to keep trucking along and hopefully something happens. Hope hope for great things or at least better than this situation. Yeah. So. All right. Well, thank you for your kind words. Uh, like I said, I appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk to you again. Sounds good. Well, that's it for now. I want to be clear on something. No one person grows up the same. Everyone has their own opinion and how they come up with it. That's why I started this, so that I can understand you and your guide to your path. If we all have different strengths, then maybe, 
just maybe we can learn from each other.